Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. We're live on YouTube, Ryan. Nice. I like it when we go live on YouTube. Yeah. All right, so we are live. This is another episode of Craft Brewed Agile. Hey, how's it going, Todd? It's going awesome. I'm super stoked to talk to these uh, fine gentlemen today. Yeah, I am too. It's, a, it's always, a, always a good chat. So actually, I was on Jeff and Paul's uh, pubcast a little bit ago. We got a chance to chat a little bit, and uh, so that was always fun. And I thought, well, if Todd and I are doing a beer thing, how can I not have the pub pubcast guys join us? I mean, that doesn't yeah. seem right, does it? And so Jeff Watts and Paul Goddard, Jeff and Paul are probably two of the top uh, CSTs in Europe. Um, awesome trainers, awesome authors. Jeff uh, wrote arguably the best Scrum book on the planet, Scrum Mastery. Um, he's also written Product Mastery, and his new book, Team Mastery, is out. Um, I, I don't have a copy yet. I'm uh, eagerly uh, going out to get one. I can't wait to read it. Um, but if it's anything like Scrum Mastery or Product Mastery, I'm sure it's awesome, and everyone out there should grab it. But guys, welcome. Welcome to uh, Craft Brewed Agile. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Todd. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. So yeah. we got to start with what we're drinking. Right, we always we always name the the breweries and the beer. So I'm I'm back to gathering place, Todd. I can't get over Wisconsin's brews, and I'm drinking the Storm and Stress. It is a German black lager. It's a uh, it's a 5.3 percent beer, and that's all that's on the label. So that's all I can say. But it's uh, another gathering place brew from Eric Weber, and we love uh, gathering. It is place. minimalist packaging, isn't it? It is. It's just a sticker, but man, it's good. I've got a really good sticker on mine. Look at that. It's like flowers. Yeah. Uh -oh. Yeah. This is uh this is spring by Treehouse up in Massachusetts. Um, I, I tend to just go straight in with Imperial IPAs. Mm -hmm. I don't know what percentage this is, but I took a sip of it. So I'm guessing it's above eight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Start my Thursday off. Right. I suppose. You know, there you go. Happy lunch. I've got a similar, <laughs> similar looking can to you there, Todd. Oh, that is very nice. similar. So I'm wondering whether they, they use the same kind of, uh, I can't see how because they're in completely different parts of the world. But this, this beer is from a, a brewery in my hometown of Cheltenham in Gloucestershire. 
Um, and it, so Day, I'll give them a shout out because they're a small startup that are doing quite well. This one's called Into the Haze. They all have weird names. They sort of run limited edition batches, I think. It's an IPA. It is 6.2 and it's very citrusy, sharp and nice. Oh, I love that kind of beer. Very nice. Paul, how about you? I got um, a bottle of Burrow Hill. This is uh, Perry this time. It's it's kind of like a, it's pear cider. So I'm normally a cider drinker, um, but now I'm drinking pear cider, which is very nice. It's very sweet, 6.3%, which is quite strong for me. Um, so this, my uh, apologies if I start slurring my words quite quickly, but uh, hey, it's the evening, so I'm gonna I'm gonna crack on now. There you go. My guess is it would probably be me that takes that that throne. That's slurring the words throne, depending yeah. on how fast this beer goes down. Oh, you know, um, interestingly, I my my glass is from Brew by Numbers and from London. Um, I was over in hey, London. Like a fancy glass. Yeah, it's a fancy glass. It's Brew by Numbers. Um, I uh, I was over there five. I, I was in London five years ago, and I uh, walked from my hotel to this brewery. Very good. I've heard of it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I liked it. I do like the glass. Yeah, it's got a nice shape to it. It's good. Yeah, it, it, your hand can really nestle in there so you don't drop it. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's, That's like a part of the glass. <laughs> Is that a schooner or like a two thirds of a pint thing? I don't know. Is not. Is that a full pint in the glass? Yeah, I got. The, well, like I got. It. Yeah, I got this whole. Uh, Five hundred mils in there. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So what's been happening? Yeah, you know what? It's weird. We've just been working. Like yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, over here it seems like things are coming back a bit. Training's firing up. Consulting requests are coming in. I don't know. We've just been. It's amazing. We're supposed to be like sheltered in place and kind of low key, and with this virtual stuff that we've been able to do teaching. I mean, it's uh, we've been busy. How about you guys? We're. I think we're still a little bit behind. Um, well, certainly in terms of what's available to us, we were having a chat the other week with uh, some of our American friends, Jeff, and uh, they were they were talking about these uh, these mysterious things called restaurants you have that which are now open in the US. I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not we're not lucky enough to have restaurants open yet over here, so we're a little bit behind. I think. Yeah, we're a little worried about that. Like uh, my wife and I have not gone to a restaurant yet. We still do takeaway and and stay at the house, but yeah, it seems like things are opening up a little quick. And yeah. Hopefully that's not a bad move. You know what I will say though is I'm really glad that there's a decline in requests for virtual happy hours. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is it just me or, or like virtual happy hours have just become the, the most awkward thing ever? You know? It's like it, you're supposed what to What's that? I don't I, I've never been invited to a virtual happy hour. <laughs> this is kind of one, but there's only four of us. Okay. It's like YouTube. a work thing, like work work drinks that, Yeah, that even even friends. You know, yeah. you get 10 oh, yeah. friends on a Zoom and, and and it's the same like things that happen in a meeting where you're like, oh, well, yeah. I just, I, and I'm just like, I'm out of here. I, I quit. Yeah. I'm not doing this. Right? I think it was a novelty for about six weeks. And I think now the novelty has complete, almost completely worn off. We we were doing like um, friends um, quiz. Quizzing was seemed to be the thing in the UK. Everyone wanted to do a, a quiz every week. And now everyone's now now no one quizzes anymore. It's just like, we we're past that. It's got boring. We just we don't want to do any more Zoom now. That's it. That was so last month, Paul. 
that's so May 2020. <laughs> but your quiz shows are phenomenal. They are fun to watch. Um, you know, here, like uh, what we've gotten into is like the driveway beer, right? So everyone brings oh, right, a lawn, okay. they bring a lawn chair and they spread out in the driveway and they just chat, you know, 10 feet apart. And those are kind of fun, but. And you know, talking to quiz shows, you know, Paul's been on three. No. What have on you been on? Well, funny you should say that, Jeff. Let me uh, let me uh, explain. Yes, I've, um, I'm a bit of a, a quiz show fanatic over here in the UK, and I've appeared on um, three three um, prime. I'm going to say prime time, uh, prime time TV shows in the UK, and uh, yeah, I've um, you probably haven't, maybe not heard of them, but there is a, a quiz we have called Eggheads. Okay, I heard of that. Um, uh, 15 to 1, which is a bit more of a famous quiz. Okay. I didn't win that either. I haven't won any of these quizzes so far, by the way. And then um, what was the last one I was on? Uh, Tenable, which again is another. I mean, you might know Warwick Davis. Do you know Warwick Davis? You know Warwick Davis, yep. Yeah, he was he was the presenter. So that's that's as, as close to fame as I've got. I've met someone who was reasonably famous who presented the, the quiz show. Very cool. I know I know someone who's been on The Chase over there. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, but they, they took that's like, quite hard to get on the chase, so it's quite that's quite because a lot of money involved. It's, quite, it's usually a lot harder to get onto the shows where there's a lot more money involved. Yeah, he got, I guess, totally beat up in the press for taking the bailout money. He took the, he took the low deal when he would have uh, won a lot more. But I don't know. My British TV, my, my knowledge is limited. If Jimmy Carr is the presenter, I've probably watched it. Otherwise, <laughs> like eight, eight out of 10 cats does count, it does countdown. It's yeah. probably one of the funniest shows I've seen in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't The Office originate? It did. Yeah, Ricky Gervais, yeah. Yeah, and then and then uh, I guess we kind of stole it and made the Michael Scott Office. Yeah. Well, no, he, the, whole, yeah. the whole Ricky Gervais and Steve Carell wasn't there, the fake rivalry between like, that Steve Carell stole his, his uh, Emmy or whatever it was, I can't remember. But yeah, kind right. of that whole yeah. skit that they did. You guys have a couple really good ones. Like I'm a big car fan, and then Richard Iowati just mm, makes yeah. just just kills me. Yeah, he's got some good stuff over there. I like it. Yeah. So how much does our? Uh, I guess I'm, this is a silly question. How much does our TV bleed over and pollute your airwaves? <laughs> <laughs> my daughter, my daughter is well into American TV. Well, Disney Plus is is. is oh is, yeah. It's getting a, um, a a good rinsing on our, our TV right now. My daughter just watches these things called The Lodge. Do you know The Lodge? She watches that, and she watches High School Musical, the series, and all this. Daughter's stuff. on that. Yep. And I can't. I can't. I just can't watch that stuff. It's just, I'm sorry. It's just. It's just awful. Disney Plus is running at our house probably. As long as the kids are up, there's something. Yeah. It, if they're not watching it, it's just on. So. The Mandalorian yeah. is fantastic, though. It was. I've watched the first couple of episodes of that with my son, and then we just haven't really got back to it. Not the, not because we didn't like it, just we haven't we haven't made the time to to finish it. What was yeah. that? I missed that series. What was it? The Mandalorian. You've seen it. Oh no, yeah, the Mandalorian. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's the weather has finally taken a turn for the better. Like I don't know how it is over there, guys. But oh, don't don't start. It's been <laughs> raining and hailing and flooding the last few days. Really? <laughs> well, it's like it's been like 80s and 90s, and the kids have been playing outside and jumping in the pool, and it's coming. You guys, your weather's coming. It'll be good. Yeah, you yeah. say that, but it probably won't. But we had, <laughs> we had a very we had a very good May. 
We had a lot. We, we were quite lucky. First, the first part of lockdown, where, yeah, we were mostly the driest and warmest May ever on record. Literally, yeah. we, we had we had the op, we, our May was terrible. Yeah, it was wet. It yeah. was just flooding, and it, I think it rained twenty five out of thirty days, or yeah. thirty one days. It was brutal. So now you guys are getting the other half of that. Yeah, we're getting yeah. that. Yeah. Hey, talking about TV, I spoke to my my grandmother today. My grandmother's ninety. Um, and she 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 skyped me to tell me that she's got Netflix, nice. <laughs> and she's she's been watching The Crown and um, Downton Abbey. She's ninety, living on her own. Has she got into Tiger Tiger King yet or not? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. She'll she's, she's got a friend in uh, somewhere like just outside London, sort of Reading way, I think, and they've they've agreed to watch these series together. So they'll both watch the same episode on the same day so that then they can talk about it. Because <laughs> they don't get to see each other. They're just Skyping each other. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm a bit proud of her. So I thought That's I'd just awesome. try that. That's awesome. We found, well, found Netflix on her own and it's awesome. Yeah. Well I'm done, Jeff's grandma. Using, using Skype as well. That's, not, that's no... My parents can barely use iMessage on an iPhone, let alone Skype. <laughs> it's funny. My mom still will just start sending me emojis. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, well, no, Ryan, this means so. And it's like this string of emojis that I'm supposed to decode. And I'm the one who's like, just call me. <laughs> just call me. Tell me what's going on. I don't understand what, what it's, it's almost like the old, um, I don't know if you, you guys saw Lassie growing up, but the dog would bark. It's like, what? Timmy's in the well? It's like, I'm reading these emojis. I'm like, wait, is my dad okay? Like, what, what is going on here? Mom, just go. They're well, my, fun. My, fun my, kids, my kids don't understand. So my kids uh, are um, have just had their birthday. So they're 11 and 9 now. And they're, they're almost exclusively been brought up on, on iPhones. They The only phone device that they understand really are iPhones. And my my mum, their 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 grandmother, has only got um, a very old. I think it's like a Motorola. It's some old prehistoric phone that doesn't do emoji. It doesn't do any type of iMessage emojis, anything like that. So they're trying to text my 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 mum, and she they're they're saying, well, why isn't she responding? To it? You can't text her. She won't get all these emojis that you're sending. They just come through as as these garbage texts, and and they and she sends her like a reply in like massive capital letters because she can <laughs> she can only do capital letters in text. And like, why, is, why is Nana shouting at me? Why is Nana shouting at me? She's still <laughs> pressing the three button four times. Yeah, yeah. Was, but you used to have people didn't you, that could like text at like speed with across the uh, the digits and the the keypad. Te- speed texting was incredible. Do you, do you remember the game Snake on those phones too? Yeah, when you I'm just had that game Snake. Prop. Uh-oh, what has he got? Still got. I, I, I dug this out the other day, Still and it's got just it. been char- it's been charging for about three three days. You see, does he see that? Oh, nice. <laughs> I remember that. Out. Still works. Is that still technically still BT's property? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, Jeff, I don't think it. I, I hope not. <laughs> I'm, I'm he just gave him a little panic moment there. He's like, wait, maybe Jeff's right. Thought, did I actually buy this, or was it? Did I inherit it? Yeah, maybe. Um, no, it still works. The, the battery life on these things was incredible. Love, love my Nokia. I, I love Snake. I love the simplicity of it. I just, yeah, the battery. I had the Razer flip phone. You remember the Razer? It was like that was all the big deal. I was super. Was that, was that like, the um the the Matrix phone? Was that the Matrix one or was that the, another one? 
Um, I, I don't remember. Oh my gosh, that reminds me. I watched the most epic trailer. Uh, we should play this. I don't know if we'd get in trouble on YouTube, but <laughs> speaking of Matrix, it made me think of Keanu Reeves, which made me think of Bill and Ted's yeah. part four. Yeah, oh, they're, yeah. They're, film, they're filming it, or they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're filmed it. It's, yeah. It is going to happen. Yeah. Like I, I showed my wife, and she's like, what is this? I'm like, babe, they're doing another Bill and Ted's. And she's like, no way. <laughs> like, that was like our childhood. Like, that's the movie. I can't believe they got Keanu to do it. We're getting a Top Gun, another Top Gun. We're year. getting a Top Gun. We're getting another Matrix. But all these films have been put back, haven't they, because of coronavirus. So I think a lot of them we were due to get this summer, and we're going to have to wait probably another twelve months to get them. But um, yeah. Oh well. New Chris Nolan film as well, Tenet. Have you heard of that? Say about that one. That looks good as well. That's that's coming. It's supposed to be in the summer, but it might get delayed. Seen adverts for that, I think. None of these films Jeff's seen, by the way. Have you heard Jeff's... Um... I've seen The Matrix. I was, I was only thinking today, actually, that it might be time for me to watch The Matrix again. Yeah. Well, Jeff gets a lot of work done. Like, he gets books written, and we're off watching movies, and he's off cranking out masterpieces of, of agile knowledge. There you go, Goddard. I know, but in some respects, Jeff, I, I sacrificed just one of those books for you to have watched another 10, <laughs> 10, or, 15, 10 or 15 films that you really should have seen by now. All right, Paul, I mean, which, this, which this book? This came up the other day, Brian. He hasn't seen Shawshank Redemption. Now, now name me some, oh someone else who has not seen that film. And so, that's, that's just beyond... Jeff, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Paul on this. I think you could, you could sack a book for... for... <laughs> Shawshank's a pretty good one. You can't, you can't not see that. No, there's, there's, there's a list of films that I really should see. Absolutely, uh, I, I admit that. <laughs> and there's a, there's a weird, perverse logic to it because I look at a film and I think, oh, I've had them on my TV, like there on the planner thing that I could just press play and they'll, they'll play. But I think two hours. It's a lot. No, I'll watch an episode <laughs> of Peaky Blinders instead because that's only fifty minutes. That's a good trade. Yeah, and then, but the, what the perverse logic is, I'll end up watching three episodes of Peaky Blinders, which is longer <laughs> than the film. Yep. But because they're in little increments, it's easier for me to, to digest. Like I, I find the commitment to watch a film at home difficult. But there are certain films that I also, that if I happen to um, stumble across it like at 11 o'clock at night, so that's I'm just, just browsing on channels and thinking... And there'll be a film that starts, I think the latest one I saw was Inception, hmm. which you think, oh, now I'm hooked now. You think, I can't not finish this film. I've got to watch the whole thing. And it'll get to like 1.30 a.m. And I'm thinking, oh, I should have <laughs> gone to bed three hours ago. But that's the secret of a good film. It can kind of, it can hook you in that first 15, 30 minutes. When and Inception yeah. is so, so like elaborate in the plot, you can watch it one week and watch it maybe like, a couple weeks later and you notice different things about it you know yeah, like those really definitely. deep intricate and i actually got hooked watching karate kid it was started at 11 o'clock at night uh, yeah old school karate kid yeah, I'm, yeah like, original... I'm like i'm gonna pay attention to really little things that i don't think i ever paid attention to before and then i started questioning the whole movie especially yeah, after the problem. cobra kai series on youtube red you'll have to it's a must watch. watch you haven't seen that one either so. oh Jeff, we're gonna we're gonna wreck your life in July. We're just gonna send you a list of things to watch. But you know what? Jeff is probably sitting there going, "Well, I've got a great relationship with my kids, and I get along really well, and uh, the business is going." 
yeah, he's trading all of that good success for movies. <laughs> and what we're telling him right now is, no, it's not worth it. You're making a mistake. <laughs> yeah, <it's right. laughs> but, um, a nice, a nice agile theme running through Karate Kid, isn't there? In terms of the whole Shuhari, the, oh, the, uh, uh, quoted it in Scrum Mastery, which you're, yeah. Um, so yeah, I had to explain that quote to Jeff from to put it in the book. But um, yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah, the whole the whole martial arts learning. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a nice kind of theme running through that. Very good. You know, it's uh, it, it is. It, it's such a good movie. But then the uh, I don't know, Paul, if you've watched. Uh, Cobra Kai on YouTube, they shifted the perspective. So it's present day from the perspective of Johnny Lawrence. Oh, okay. And so now they're exploring his life. And it, I, it, when I saw it come out, I was like, I kind of felt like they were about to wreck my childhood because Karate Kid is one of those, it's like a, it's the one of the three movies you watched over and over and over as a kid in the US. Mm-hmm. You had Karate Kid, uh, you had The Goonies, Goonies yeah. you had Back to the Future. Yeah, I feel like those were just on repeat all through my formative years, right? Maybe that's just my that's my weird childhood. No, that's eighties baby. I'm with you, Ryan. 100%. But when they came out with Cobra Kai, I was like, no, don't wreck this. Like Karate Kid Two was forgivable. Yeah, three, three was ignorable. It's like, all right, everything's still fine. But they could have no. It was great. It was just really left there. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you've hit on something there, which is which is something that that has caused a bit of a rift, a little bit between me and Paul and. and possibly more Nigel because Nigel gets very attached to things um and that you you're looking at these films from 40 30 40 years ago through... whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> 1980 is 40 years ago <laughs> just saying right. okay um okay that, that you're, hurt <laughs> you're looking at these films right with with nostalgia and you're placing a greater um greater value on them and a greater appreciation because of the impact they had on you at the time right now it's impossible for you to put yourself in in my position because you've already seen them but if i watch them now correct they're quite shit (laughs) (laughs) so end call (laughs) (laughs) but in i mean i'll use i'll use right so jaws is a classic movie okay if you watch it then, it was incredible, I'm sure. But if you watch it now, you think, "My God, the special effects are awful." Mm. Sure. Yep. And and it's not that; it's just because things have moved on. And I, I find that you, you've, if yeah, I think there's that that we call that the endowment effect. And I think that's that's yeah, you know, we get over attached to things. We place greater value on something because we have it. And I think that's mm. the same with memories um, and experiences. And that's 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 that could be quite hard. That's one one of the cognitive biases, isn't it? And we, we're full of full of them. But also, the audience is changing, isn't it? The audience for those films now isn't really us. I, I, you know, oh, you know, the 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 man, the self confessed middle midlife crisis, a male in his in his forties, yeah. and that's not the tar- that's not the target market for these reboots. They're trying to bring them back to kid, my kids, basically. Oh, I, I actually, I, I might disagree, Paul. I think when they bring this stuff back, they're they're trying to get our money. Our kids you don't have money. They, they're, what they're doing is they're jazzing it up to where our kids will be interested, but they're getting us just, they're pulling on those heartstrings like Jeff yeah. was doing just enough to get that wallet open. Yeah, I, I, we, we, I, we've got the money. I think they're, saying they're trying to get you, your nostalgia, your romance kindled again. And say to your kids, "Oh, I watched this film when I was young." But you don't have to watch the shit old version. You can watch the new, cool version. Yeah, and, and oh, it's, a, it's a win-win. That's yep. 
I would watch a Jaws remake. I would watch a Jaws reboot. But you got Sharknado. Why, why do you need it? <laughs> oh. So you haven't seen Shaw Shank Redemption, but you've seen Sharknado. Exactly. Do you know who's to blame for that? And How then, and, and then that? you come on our show and insult karate. <laughs> There's no way I would have watched Sharknado if I hadn't been staying at Howard Sublet's house. And <laughs> oh, you've got to watch Sharknado. You've got to watch this, man. <laughs> So Howard's like, fault. All right. one of the worst films ever. So I'm gonna I'm gonna text Howard real quick and just let him know <laughs> that uh, Sharknado is uh, Jeff is saying Sharknado is his fault. I think he'll love it. Nah, Howard Howard's a good dude. For those of you who don't know, Howard, uh, former Big Visible, former what did Big Visible become? Um, Solutions IQ, and then Accenture, and now he's co CEO of Scrum Alliance. Howard's a good dude. And if he showed you Sharknado, at least he brought you into some modern films, right? <laughs> you said that that genre is um has, has expanded, hasn't it? I was I was browsing through Netflix the other day, and there is, um, I think I can't remember the name of it. It was something like Beaverville, which was like a it was a zombie beaver film. So a group, a group. I wasn't sure where you were going there, Paul. <laughs> it's before the watershed. I wouldn't go that far. But um, it's it's about the, a group of um, of kids that discover a, like a, a, a lake, and there's undead beavers in the lake, and they've made a film out of it. And it's and it's on Netflix. You can watch it. Sharknado oh and, and Beaverville. They're in this genre of bullshit premises on, on Netflix. Right? <laughs> But some, there's somewhere there's some producer that's put, put, put good money behind that, thinking that's a good idea. I'm going to put my money behind that. It got made. It's going to be right? Just like Alien versus Predator, which I haven't seen. But there's going to be Sharknado versus <laughs> Beaverville at some point, right? Sharknado I versus love, Beaverville. I love the movie, the original Predator. It is. Oh, Predator is a great film. So which Jeff hasn't still, seen. It is still good. It still holds up. That Alien versus Predator stuff was. Uh, you know what films haven't held up, in my opinion? Indiana Jones. Oh, no. no. Because of the special oh, effects? No, I have to disagree. I'm going to end the call now. I, I am <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Indiana Jones is, is a huge part of my childhood. I can yep. remember the script and all sorts. Yeah, massive part of my childhood. I love, I love those movies too, but I watch them in the special effect. Like you see him punch and it's like three feet away from the guy. And then all of a sudden the guy like flips into a wheel. Barrel, right? Well, it's it's supposed to be like the the over the top because like you know even when he punches they do that real big sound effect and when he fires his little like revolver they do like a cannon like it's supposed to be over the top it's like a, it's a fun film right it's got one of the best lines I still quote it today like they're in the they're in the submarine and Marion makes fun of Indiana Jones for being old and he just turns to her and he goes honey it's 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 not the age it's the miles and he falls asleep. <laughs> And I'm like, what a great line. Like, it's just, I'm not old. It's just the miles. Yeah. Such a well, good I actually movie. bought the Indiana Jones box set on iTunes for my kids when we were going on holiday. I thought, no, I'll give because I have seen, I've, I know I've seen one Indiana Jones film. I might have seen two. I don't know. Um, I thought, oh, let's see what they think. And they weren't interested in the slightest. Yeah. That was that was a waste of money. <laughs> But they, they should, again, with that, they shouldn't have made, in my opinion, Todd, they shouldn't have made the fourth one. 
agree yeah, right they should, yeah, they should have stayed at three and they should should never have gone back to it but i think there's still a, a script out there for indiana jones five isn't there yeah i think harrison ford is still signed up to do a fifth one even though he's about 104 years old but um, yeah. yeah apparently i don't know yeah, so we're not, we're, now we're movie critics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could, uh, there's no point in me answering this question, but if you could be, if you could have played one role in a film, what would it have been? Ooh. Um, that's an amazing question. If I could have played the role? Mm. Jeez. <laughs> I don't think I want to answer this. Hads. <laughs> so, I, well, I, I, you know, I have, uh, sometimes these things come to my mind and I get myself in trouble, like, <laughs> live on YouTube. <laughs> I want to say, uh, I want to say, uh, uh, right now, with the mood that I'm in, I'm going to say I, I would have loved to be Will Ferrell in, um, uh, what was that movie with the fraternity? Oh, old school. Old school, yeah. I mean, he just seemed like he was having a, Great time. Great time. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, I don't want the his divorce situation, but <laughs> maybe we could go run through the quad to the gymnasium. <laughs> Going streaking. <laughs> yeah. Um man, what would be a fun I you know what? I I have to be true to my childhood. I would go Luke Skywalker. Ooh. Yeah. I I would I mean that's like I mean, we all like played pretending we were Jedi growing up. I'd I'd go Luke. Yeah, that's a good one. It's better than mine. What do you think, name? Paul? Well, mainly I, I, I'm heavily influenced by what I've been watching at home with my kids at the moment, I think. But Jeff will know I've always been a massive fan of um, of Hugh Jackman and, and his, his Wolverine. So yeah. I don't really have to pick. And I'm hairy enough, I think. I could pull the uh, pull the, the, the hair off, but yeah, the beard off. But I think um, I, love, I love comic book movies and I love... Um, uh, the character Wolverine. I think I'd probably play Wolverine. I think they're looking at bringing Wolverine into the MCU. Yeah, which is going to be just crazy. Like I'm, yeah. those movies have been great. So so far we have Wolverine, Luke Skywalker, and Frank the Tank from. <laughs> Bring the Jeff, tank. help me out here. Jeff, help me out. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm going I'm to say Beetlejuice. Oh, oh, that's a that's a great pick. Yeah. yeah. Nice, Michael Keaton. Why, why, Jeff? Why? Um, I just it was it, he had a lot of fun. It was a fun movie. Um, I remember it from from a long time ago, and we watched it not that long ago. Um, and my kids enjoyed it, so it, it's a, it's a movie that's to a degree stood the test of time. It has. But you could, you're you're a big fan of dressing up for Halloween, Jeff. Surely that could be on the Halloween list. Beetlejuice costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Um, it's a, perhaps a little too obvious. I don't know. You like a little bit more mystery around your Halloween get-up, don't you? Well, a little bit more play rather than just a, a person. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, maybe haven't really got a thought about this year actually. To be honest. If it'll even happen. Well, well, obviously Halloween will happen, but will there be a chance to go out? I, you know what, I'm, I'm worried that it'll happen. Like I'm waiting next, I mean, I, f I feel like we've been set up for like next month to find out that aliens are here or they're coming and the month after for an asteroid and the month after that for, you know, some kind of volcano to go off. And I, I just feel a progression coming yeah. that uh, I'm not, I'm not confident that Halloween's actually going to happen. 
Are you buying into this whole Mayan calendar re-reading? Re no, 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 no. I just think it's been one of those years where it's like we've got the locusts, we have the we have the pandemic. Yeah. Um, if frogs start falling out of the sky, I'm going to be praying hard. That's all <laughs> I'm, it, it's getting wild. Yeah. So I suppose we should ask one thing about Agile. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah. I'm interested in, in two things, really. Um, so, uh, uh, Jeff, I'm really interested in what inspired you for Team Mastery. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm also interested in what inspired you both to start your, your podcast. So, um, Which do you want first? Uh, which, which one do you feel like talking about first? Um, Team Mastery was, is kind of a pull, in a way, in that I had so many people say, so when are you going to write the third one? Um, and I thought, and I, I thought, wow, wow. Um, but a massive part of the inspiration was having my, I say having my, obviously my wife had our third child um, and we were on holiday and part of the, part of the, so there's a big gap between our kids. So we've got a 17 year old, a 13, almost 14 year old and now a one year old. Uh, and so a lot's changed since we last had kids. And one of the things that's changed is this idea of milestone cards. So um, my 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 littlest took his first steps, like started walking the other day. And we've got this box of cards where you take out the, you know, I took my first steps and take a picture with him and the milestone card and you post it and you brag about it to all your friends on social media. I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought, because I've... I've one of the big conversations that you generally have is well, what are agile maturity models and how do you know things are getting better and you know what what are the different degrees of self-management within a team and stuff like this and i didn't really see that there was one because every t every great team that i'd seen or been part of had been different they'd taken their own different path so yeah. i saw this as an opportunity to kind of put a few things together and that every team is different but there are some pretty common milestones that they go through, not necessarily in the same order. And uh, uh, that idea of well, what, what are they, and, and what, what is what is great, and how do you know that you're you? How do you know what to work towards, and give you something to celebrate, and actually uh, cement and solidify the achievements? So that's where that came from. Paul Paul's more got more of a memory about the podcast, I think. I don't know. I think it was. Um, How long ago was it? We had, we had an anniversary not long four, ago. I think it's over. Well, it's probably just had our fourth year anniversary now in May. We started it in May, twenty sixteen. So um, it was probably just one of those. We were. Well, I was thinking about getting another kind of um, media out in terms of another uh, product, if you like, another way of getting um, to our network and our connections. And we, t I thought about doing. Um, podcasting before and then Jeff and I um just mused on the fact well could we do something together and then we said well, we don't want to make it too we like the fact it's kind of well we, we didn't want to spend too long polishing something we we didn't want it to take too much time so it all started with this I've got it on my desk actually it was this this was where it all started a little kind of handheld uh dictaphone and we just started um plugging um pressing record on that while we were in the pub and a lot of it was the nonsense. The amount of times that we were sat having a chat and thinking, this is gold. This yeah, is gold. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we're so we just, clever when we're drinking. Yeah. But, um, we just thought maybe there'd be, be an element of 
of, of um, you know, just talking about what we were drinking a little bit of, to make us appear human, but also to maybe get a couple of maybe uh, anecdotes or a couple of little nuggets that people might remember. And it's kind of just, it's been, because it's been quite easy to do, I think it's has as, as played into its, how long it's been around. So it's usually, apart from this week, I've been, I seem to have been editing for about eight hours this week, but it's usually quite an easy thing to put out. And then the feedback that we've got is generally people quite like it because it's quite informal. Yeah. So we kind of kept it really. So you got to go with this format then, Paul, just stream right to YouTube and just hit done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we have done a few of those. We, 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 we were starting experimenting with that. We actually, not, not, well, not one of our last courses we did, I don't know when it was, but we were in Dublin and we had about four different devices set up. So we had one that was streaming live to Facebook, one that was streaming live to YouTube, one that was streaming live to something else. Um, and we had people in the pub as well who were asking us questions. And yeah, we, we it's, 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 it's nice when you have the opportunity to interact as well. Yep. We do get a few funny looks when we all of a sudden, we do, when we're not ask, we don't ask for permission and just take over a whole desk with <laughs> lighting and microphones and people think, are you are you are you a TV crew? No, no. no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, we have to be quite a bit more careful. But um, and there's a lot of the stuff we've lost purely because of um, the audio wasn't clean enough, or there was just too much background noise, and a lot of the stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor yeah. uh, would probably get me and Jeff into a lot of trouble. But but maybe that's not a bad thing. Uh, we I, I feel the same way about Agile for Humans. You know, the podcast that Jeff loves to forget. Um, uh, the forgettable podcast, right, Jeff? Uh, but uh, I, I was spending so much time editing the thing. I told Todd, if we do something different, it's got to be, it's just got to go. Like, yeah. and if we say something goofy, we say something goofy. We're human beings. Yeah. Hopefully we're decent human beings. It won't be too far out there. And, but yeah, the, the work that goes into this stuff is just immense. But uh, this is a more, I, this is, I think people are enjoying it's just kind of our authentic selves. It's like, oh, look, these guys are on stage and they do a lot of stuff, but oh, they all like, well, three of them like uh, <laughs> Back to the Future or they, <laughs> Jeff is totally unrelatable, but it's fine. It's <laughs> Yeah, well, Beetlejuice and Frank the Tank are going against Wolverine <laughs> and Luke Skywalker. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's I'll, I'll take that any day, Jeff. Me... <laughs> We're going to win, are we? <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, that's a lot of the feedback that we've gotten on this too. Is like, uh, this is just completely and utterly no, no plan. Just sit and have a conversation. It's really human. And um, sometimes we barely talk about Agile at all. I thought it was, I definitely, I, I was curious about where you, where, where, where both of those, the origins of those things came from. That's kind of a cool story for you, Jeff, about where Team Mastery came from. And um, well, it sounds like you guys kind of started in the same path we did with crap root agile with with this thing so. but it's got to be like insane pressure jeff i mean scrum mastery came out and people just love it right and so then you follow up with product mastery and people just love it i mean are you writing team mastery thinking man this thing cannot be trash like this thing has got to be i mean does that add anything to it um no I, I see what you're saying. I think I had a, a sort of ace up my sleeve, an accidental ace up my sleeve, if you like, in that um, I went down because this was going to be so expensive to produce the way that I wanted it to be. Um, I was going to have to 
stump up a lot of cash to get it get it going funding it myself i, I went down the kickstarter route yep and um that got a lot of support already and so that kind of took the pressure off a little bit put a little bit of different type of pressure on but also there were quite a few people actually wanted to get involved in helping me so i had about 15 people or so who voluntarily helped me critique it while it was while it was being written um you know and actually contributing some of their experiences and so i i was getting the feedback while it was going from people the kind of people that who were going to read it and you know they've already committed their money so they want it to be good so i knew their feedback was going to be useful and so yeah i think that 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 was a big big help it wasn't a conscious approach as such um but it certainly certainly helped cool so as we get close to the time box um you know how can uh i mean i'm I'm not sure like todd and i are doing a lot of like you know online courses now we've worked with zoom and mural we're kind of figuring out that landscape and people seem super happy you know can people take classes from you guys now are you doing the online virtual stuff um how can they connect with you like what are some of the offerings we got about we got about two or three minutes left. Like, how can people kind of, if, if they can go to classes, do you have them offer on offer? You know, of course, the books on Amazon and a bunch of different sites. Like, what kind of stuff do you want to get out there before we call this, uh, we call this done? So, I, I'm not really doing a huge amount of training at the moment. I haven't got any public courses uh, at the moment. I'm, I'm doing a lot of coaching. So, I'm, I'm working specifically with one or two clients, uh, and that's that's taking up my time and that, that's my cool. focus. Paul's got some really cool new workshops that he's come up with, though, that I think would be worth you guys having a look at. But I won't talk them down. Paul can. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. So I'm, um, I've put my most recent thing is I've um, I've put my book or my, my improv sessions online. So I'm doing some um, five online uh, improv uh, startup sessions based on the five chapters in my book for anyone that's... Um, keen to have a little bit of a look at how improv um, can help um, from an agile point of view, help agile team members, scrum masters or leaders um, pick up new uh, communication, creativity skills, that type of thing. So I'm running the first one next month. So uh, if anyone, and of course the benefit is that online, anyone across the globe can can join. So they're just five 90 minute sessions over five weeks. Nice. So uh, hit us in a tweet with that stuff. We'll retweet it out. We'll make sure people know about it and, uh, sorry to interrupt i know you're in oh. a bit of a wind down here but um years ago so a lot of people that i work with it's, it's the most common fear is public speaking yep people are more more people are afraid and more afraid of public speaking than death and i find that incredible but i was one of those people that was absolutely paralyzed by public speaking and for someone who's who's made a job out of a lot of public speaking both in, in a training room and you know in a boardroom and in conferences that was a massive hurdle to get over and one of the biggest things that helped me with that was going along to an improv class knowing that actually i can develop the skills to be able to respond in the moment and trust myself and work things through without having a plan and i think there's 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 so much to gain from that that yeah. kind of skill in the agile space, not just from a teamwork, not just from a leadership perspective, but from a, from a personal fulfillment and, and self-confidence point mm-hmm. of view, I think it's an incredible skill to, to invest in. 
No, I, I totally agree. In the U.S. here, there's a an awesome young lady. Her name's Jessie Sterenshoes, and she does a lot of the the improv stuff. And I've had a chance to to work with her a, a little bit on shows and and at, at some conferences. And and her whole thing is, she said something to me once, and it stuck with me, and it made me instantly a much more confident speaker. Um, like I already like the attention, so I like being on stage. I'm one of those weirdos that I'm like, sure, I'll go give an hour long talk and not have a plan and just figure it out, right? But uh, she's like, you know, the whole audience wants you to be successful, yeah. whether it's an improv session or whether it's a talk or, or whatever it is, like they want you to do great. They're there because they want something awesome. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they're on my side. And that for some reason in my brain that like took down a barrier and it took some pressure off. And it's kind of an interesting thought. So, yeah, I totally agree. The improv stuff is uh, what a great skill. And plus, I mean, if you can have fun and just be a little goofy and no one really cares. It's it's like, all right, that kind of just, it's like, it almost takes the pressure off, right? Yeah. I may yeah. need to check that out because, yeah, I'm not a big Yeah, we need to get I'm Todd. Not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could use that skill. We got to get Todd in that class. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, I am the opposite of Ryan when he says that. I'm like, I got to prepare for like 10 dates. Yeah. Everybody wants me to bomb this. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not going to work out. Oh, you're more than welcome, Todd. You're more than welcome to join us. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Well, guys, we'll let you get on with your evening. We know that uh, it's your nighttime over there and you got stuff to do and probably dinner and family and all that fun stuff. So we'll let you wind down your day. Uh, thanks for joining us. This Great was, to chat, guys. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah, cheers. Hope, yeah. hope we do it again sometime real soon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cheers, guys. All the best. Yep. Cheers. Take care, guys. Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you. Todd, myself, and Will Seeley have put together an evidence-based leadership course. Now, this one's really exciting for us. As you all know, Todd and I and Will, we're all huge on evidence-based management. We think it is the next big innovation in the Agile space. But what we've noticed is the application at multiple levels has been troubling, at least for certain organizations. And what we want to do is make it simpler. And so evidence-based leadership is the course to come to if you want to get immersed into data-driven decision-making, the ability to actually validate that value is being delivered, to look at your ability to innovate and to deliver to the marketplace, and to actually identify and act on opportunities in the market that you may not know about. And say closing that satisfaction gap with your customers, finding new channels, and using data to drive those decisions rather than guesses, hunches, and conjecture. And so we want you to join this course. We've got multiple offerings coming up this year. The link is simple. It's agileforhumans.com slash EBL course. Jump in there, use the code agile4humans, the number four, and you can take uh, 15% off the price of the class. So not only is it a new offering that we've discounted already, go ahead and take another 15% off because you're a valued listener. We can't wait to see you there.